My name is Willie E. Thornton, and we're in Montgomery, Alabama at First Baptist Church. Uh, where it all started with the, um, the civil rights and keeping it where it needs to be and it being recognized. It was also, it was the first uh, colored church, as it was called then, in, uh, in Alabama after this, when churches were allowed to be formed after the Civil War when um, African Americans became freed in a significant number in the state. And it was always seen as the key kind of church that would led the Montgomery bus boycott and all of the activism that, that was kind of subsequent to that because it was the more of the working class body of folks. Why is the music so important? Because it, it sends a message. That there is a message in, in, in the music. And, and because of that, you know, we have to get a message out there. And sometimes the message is not always written. Sometimes the message is through a song. And that's important. We're family, right? We're family, right? Yeah. All right, shoot, I thought y'all might have fallen asleep on me. But you have to hold on to your imagination. And that idea of the beloved community is what gets you through those cloudy moments. I think it's important for us to refine that image in our mind, that, to use that muscle of, imagine, of imagination so that when times get tough, we can close our eyes and go to that place. The beloved community is the framework for the future. The beloved community is the framework for the future. In your mind, what does that look like? How are old and young interacting? How are Jew and Gentile getting along? And, oh, can't forget the Muslims and all the other folk. How are we getting along? Are we eating more than toast in our community? Mr. Donkey, I'm sorry, we gotta have more food than that. How are the children being treated? What do prisons look like? What do schools look like? What is the price of education in this beloved community? So my name is Fauna Wolf. I'm today just visiting uh, the University of Alabama. One of the things that shocked me was that most people that do attend the University of Alabama don't know much of the history and they actually don't really know about all the things that have happened at their own school. The concept of the beloved community appeals to the common denominator of justice. Uh, hello everybody, my name is Chris as many of you know. The goal is uh, not to humiliate the opponent but to win the uh, opponent over to a new view pattern of behavior. Every human being can contribute to change. The concept means that we must begin living now as we think society ought to live in the future. We cannot write off persons as scapegoats for whatever reason. They might have something significant to contribute. They did not create the problem. The opponent is, is also a victim of the conditions. You cannot achieve just ends by unjust means, nor can you use just means for achieving unjust ends. Montgomery, Alabama.
So usually when people are talking about Montgomery and the civil rights, one of the first thing that comes to their mind is typically the uh, bus boycott. So I, fi I figure it's appropriate that we, we analyze the bus boycott. So I would like to speak on the, uh, the impact that this, this boycott has had in my life personally. So being a, a black male from the inner, inner city from Seattle, I use public transportation. So oftentimes I'm riding on the bus. Typically, if you go to inner urban cities, you know, almost no, no matter where you are, you can, you, you'll notice that a lot of people that look like me usually get on the bus and naturally migrate towards the back. As we know, Miss Rosa Parks fought for or really sat in and um, sat down for our rights to be able to sit where we wanted, no matter what time of day, no matter who else wanted those seats, those seats were meant for individuals, for human beings. So seeing that it was so ingrained that we were so conditioned to naturally get on the bus and go to the back. I started questioning. I was like, you know, I mean, I, I participated at first. You know, I, I was one of the one of the many in the back. You know, talking, having fun. You know, it was it was natural. You know, we felt we felt like this was a place where we could be ourselves. Thinking more on on the rights that we all are enduring on that we all have as we as we're born. I was like, hmm. Maybe I should sit up. Maybe I should start sitting in front. So being active in in sports, I was usually riding the bus late at night. A couple of my friends, you know, there will be there'll be like four or five of us. I'll be the first one to sit up front by myself. I'll probably like start reading a book, something that people like me typically don't do in a public setting. So I would read a book, sitting in the front of the sitting in front of the bus, and usually like I'll look up because something that I read has touched me. It's, it's profound, and then I'll look up to see about four or five pairs of eyes just staring at me just like what is he you know like looking at what it is that I'm doing and I, I always felt found that interesting but um as I would continue to sit up front some of my friends would be like oh man why are you sitting up front and I'm just like this is this is where I decide to sit so I at first I'd be alone it'd be just myself but slowly and surely more of my friends started to join me up front in the front of the bus so as time continued to go on it'd be a whole group of us just just sitting up front doing our normal do and um and really exercising our rights, I would say. So that's how the bus boycott has touched my life personally in a manner where I felt that it should be, that I should represent what Rosa Parks stood for and that I should sit up in the front of the bus. I am Ari Aldabat. And my biggest takeaway was, huh, I did, oh, I didn't know that they had gone to, that they had all gone to jail, all of the organizers, and then bailed themselves out and then gone to take a photo in front of the church so that everyone would know who they were. Mike Repass. Well, we had spent the afternoon at the um, Baptist Church, a uh, African-American church in Montgomery, and then tonight we had um, dinner at Martha's that was owned by a um, member of the congregation. And um, so our uh, group of 52 met with the African-American members of the church. There were probably about 100 of us there and just had a great time uh, with everybody. My name is Chris. And what do you take away from what we just left? Oh man, uh, what I take away from uh, what we just left is just uh, an experience I'll never forget. Uh, community, uh, just acceptance, uh, loving, loving of one another. Uh, everyone I met was just so welcoming. 
and it felt like I knew them on a personal level, although I didn't get to know them for more than, you know, a few hours, but it was magical to say the least, and I wish uh, I could experience what I just did on a more day-to-day basis. I think I was crying today for the first time. How about you? I was almost on the verge of tears. Uh, I definitely felt a sense of bliss um, and euphoria, I could say, for sure. I'm Elisa Tran. Um, So the singer in me really loved today. Um, I feel like I've been singing alone for 10 years and being able to actually sing with a group of people that love doing it was amazing. And I feel like I don't identify with any particular religion and so being in that Baptist church and singing with them really kind of gave me a spiritual feeling kind of influences me in wanting to seek out religion seeing just that tight-knit community and the way they treat other people, it was, it was great. What I take, my name is Kimberly Pollock, and what I take away from the church experience is that it doesn't matter the religion, it doesn't matter the words. When human beings get together and treat each other with love and use the joy of expression in song, um, that we can really have a moment of peace. Yeah, that song was amazing, wasn't it? it was, we all joined into that. That's right. And it didn't matter whether you were from that faith or not. It didn't matter what denomination you were. When we were singing together, what we were was our most fully human selves. I'm Kelly Vassell. It was just an experience. It was um, a feeling, just loving and inclusive. And more than once, I thought, Martin Luther King, this is what he meant at that mountaintop speech. Uh, He would have been proud.